Great. Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me Jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. Hi, audience, everybody. Thank you for listening to this audience. And this is a very uh, interesting, unique time when I am able to invite uh, one of our unique guests today, Tamir. And he's actually the co-founder and CTO of Strive Maps. So allow me to actually read what's the background of Tamir so that you guys can really understand where is he coming from. So Tamir is a three times startup founder and most recently have been building Strive, an online coding school a kids backed by YC, which stands for Y Combinator, which he recently raised about $1.3 million in seed funding for his mission at Strive, and that is to make education for kids more joyful and meaningful by equipping kids with the skills that they need to thrive in the 21st century while making learning fun. Let's welcome Tamir. Thank you so much for having me, Andrew. Excited to dive into it. Yeah, so let, let's... Let me share with you a bit of background, like how do I get to invite you? Because I think one of my listeners uh, on LinkedIn with me and he dropped me a LinkedIn message. So this was the, this was your LinkedIn post. Let me read out so that it's interesting. So you said, excited to announce our 1.3 million seed found. We are hiring. The most important skill we can give kids or anyone is learning how to be adaptable. If you want to inspire adaptable students, learning should be fun. Learning should be joyful. And so your other co-founder, Okit Adawa, and I started Stripe, which is a white counter at on the 21st batch in summer and co- coding school for kids with the core intention of equipping kids to thrive in the 21st century by making them falling in love with the process of learning. And so you also mentioned about Stripe to Code. And yeah, the, there was this picture of you and your co-founder coaching the two kids on this very fanciful, sticky computer. <laughs> I got there. And that was the, I got noticed by my listener. And he wants to know about your, about you, about your story and about your views on artificial intelligence. So perhaps you can start with the first case, which is your backstory. How do you became a kids tech or ad tech co-founder from the day you finished school? Yeah, so I grew up in um, Johannesburg, South Africa, attended high school, primary school there. After that, I went to the University of Cape Town and studied electrical and computer engineering. And 
I became really passionate about education in my second year of studies because I started a startup called Quillo at the time, which was a secondhand textbook marketplace or let university students buy and sell their old textbooks. And what's the link? So you might be like, what's the link to education from that? What happened from that experience is that I learned more in building that startup in the one month, two months that it took to build it than the previous 20 years of my schooling taught. Ah. In those two years, oh, sorry, in those two months, I dived deep into the world of app development, technical infrastructure, as well as startups, product marketing, and all of these concepts stuck to me really strongly, way stronger than any of the concepts that I was learning in class. I remember specifically being quite frustrated with computer science. I was studying really hard to do well in these tests, but information would come in one ear and out the other. It would just be to write a test. There was no meaningful application of what I was learning. It was particularly frustrating because computer science is such a beautiful subject that literally gives you the tools to create anything. So feeling that contrast, feeling how much I learned in those two months and how much joy and meaning it gave me started to beg the question, how can this be applied to other studies? How can this be applied to schooling in general in order to make it more effective? As, you like, as I continued down that, I then decided to start running the startup while I was a student. My parents didn't want them to drop out of university, despite my wishes. They wisely wanted me to stay. So I had to do both. I needed to scale the startup and be in university. So it forced me to be incredibly efficient in how I learned in order to manage both of these things. Yes. And in the process of that, I learned a lot of study techniques and hacks and tools and systems on how I was then able to spend only one day in my week preparing for university, but I was able to retain, if not increase, the grades that I was getting. And it showed me just how much potential is like just further entrenched my passion for education because it just showed me if we were able to teach kids and other people these tools that I was using to manage both a full-time degree and start a startup, education would be 10x more effective. Sorry, I wanted to be curious about it. And all parents always thinking about it. Is it because you are a genius, right? Or, or whether is it applicable to for most students? I don't know. I think it's applicable to every student. Uh, I don't think there's anything special about me. I think I was lucky in that I had particular experiences when I was a kid that just happened to set me up for success here. I think namely, and interesting enough, it comes a lot from it, from learning how to play computer games. So I would say like where my first passion for learning actually came in was I, I became obsessed with computer games particularly Call of Duty. I started playing it competitively and at the expense of everything else in my life, a bit, playing it a bit too much. But what I became really interested in was how do I become better at Call of Duty? And when I wanted to get better at something else at school, I would have a math tutor, I'd have a science tutor. I could ask my parents for help. I could ask my teacher for help, but no one was there to help me with Call of Duty. So I had to be self-driven to do that. I started to look for answers and I went to YouTube and Google. And in that process, I, I almost trained myself unknowingly on how to use the internet to learn any arbitrary skill, on how to find the right information um, in order to learn, in this case, Call of Duty, but that exact same skill translated in how to teach myself to code, how to teach myself to build a startup, how to teach myself to do sales, etc. And that is the key insight or the key thing that we now need to start bringing more into schools and into education that any kid from a weak student to a strong student would be able to 10x their learning experience. 
Okay, so continue, please. Uh, when do you finish school and how do you eventually go to where you are today? Yes. So eventually graduated and it was then 2020. Finally, I had my dream come true. I was able to go into the startup full time and then boom, um, a global pandemic hits and puts a big stop on that. However, luckily enough, there was something that happened simultaneously, which was I got accepted into this program called Entrepreneur First, which is essentially a co-founding, co-founder speed dating platform that you, and helps you find a co-founder. My biggest challenge in my previous startups was a lack of a co-founder. It's a very lonely process and I wanted someone in the trenches with me. And here was this program that all of a sudden promised a pool of 80 of the top entrepreneurs in Singapore that are all looking to start a startup at the same time. I was like, this sounds amazing. And so one door closed to my startup, another door opened and I decided to pursue that. I met my current co-founder, Pulkit, and we really started without an idea. We didn't know what we we're going to do. We just got on so well on this shared passion for education that we just started with the mission statement, we need to make education more joyful. We'll figure out how we do that. And over time, we eventually landed on this particular idea of teaching coding kids. I see. Talking about making education joyful, it just reminds me of when my research staying in a bank. They want to make banking joyful. So, and bank is a very boring kind of place where just people just put money and joy out. So, as in all education, actually, education can be made joyful. But tell me, like, how do you guys, like, trying to fulfill that mission? Because education is so broad, right? You have sports, you have connective, you have your basic elemental math. How do you guys discover that? Hey, let's tackle math or tackle coding. So I think initially, you know, so where the company first started was this idea of math through code. So I had an experience in university of doing one of my courses through Python. It was an advanced math course called Signals and Systems. And I became, it was the course I enjoyed the most because I was able to play around and create instead of just consume the information from this course. And so the thought was, how could we apply this to school? And that's certainly still a big part of our product. But what we've seen from the market is that they're just not ready for something like this yet, not in schools at least. But we, we started with that approach because math is notorious for being the most hated subject. You constantly hear the words, I'm not a math person. And it is such a damaging perspective. And, and so not true. It's I think for someone to say I'm not a math person is like for someone to say, oh, I'm not a smelling person. I'm not a tasting person. No, math is something which is like fundamental to being a human. We've evolved over millions of years to just be able to spot patterns. And that's all that math is. You're not a math person, not because you're not good at math. You're not a math person because you've gone through an education system, which has unfortunately sucked the joy out of it. And that was a very compelling avenue to tackle because of the the delta, the potential that we could have in taking the kids of saying, I'm not a math person to say, I love math. And this is incredible. And coding is suffering from a similar thing. Coding is at risk of becoming a similar subject to math of being, oh, I'm not a coding person. If we make it too technical, if we don't make it creative, if we suffer the same shortfalls of how we teach math in 20 years, when coding, coding is already a fundamental, but as it becomes more and more fundamental, we'll have a large portion of the population, oh, I'm not a coding person. And we need, we need to stop that now because of how important that skill will be. I see. And talking along that line, like, like coding and math, it's also a very uh, broad subject. And how do you, what is the kind of approach that your company and your team actually focus on enabling the kids to 
basically go back to the mission, like finding joy through coding, finding joy through learning math. Was it like both a digital experience and an omnipresent experience or what kind of experience that you guys like enable like them to actually tackle this head on? Yeah. So there's a lot of different ingredients that, that come down to what essentially the word here is like pedagogy, which is the science of learning. The question is essentially, what did we do when we're thinking about designing this course in order to make it as impactful and as joyful as possible? The first thing we looked at was the teacher, actually. And the role of the teachers is massive here, but not in the way that you think. Most people think of a teacher as someone that is going to have all of the knowledge yes. and then communicate it to the student. Almost if you think about it as like, the student is a glass, an empty yes. glass. The teacher is a jug full of water, which represents knowledge. And the teacher needs to pour the knowledge into the student's brain. That is not how we learn. It is not how we learn and it's not how education should be. It's how the education system has been set up for 100 years, but it is not the correct way. We hope you enjoyed part one of our enlightening podcast with Tamir S.H. Glass, co-founder and CTO of Strive Math, as he shared his incredible journey of transforming education for kids. Tamir's passion for making learning joyful and meaningful ignited our curiosity and left us eager to explore more. As we transition into part two of this captivating conversation with Tamir, get ready to delve deeper into the future of education and the impact of AI and robotics on learning. Tamir will shed light on the evolving role of teachers in the age of AI, emphasizing the importance of adaptability and the need for a paradigm shift in education. In part two, we'll also uncover the powerful insights behind Strive Math's mission to revolutionize education, making coding and math engaging and enjoyable for every child. Tamir's vision for equipping children with essential 21st century skills will inspire and intrigue you. Stay tuned for another thought-provoking episode with Tamir SH Class as we explore the exciting potential of joyful learning and its impact on shaping the future of education for young minds. Hi guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please share it with your friends family and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon.